Whoa, 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 what's up, heart, soul, humans, and Zachy Poo? What's up, hey, brother? man. How what's you up, doing? Huckleberry? How you doing? I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, you are. I'll be your gym. I also we can, be we can row. E- <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. I was going to say, we can row each other up the river. Let's do it. Oh, God. I would love to do that right now. Could you imagine going kayaking up river right now or in like Mount Shasta around the lake? Yeah, I, I can't imagine doing anything outside right now. I would love that so much. <laughs> Let's go. We're taking this podcast outside. That's that's Dude. part of the, what we're doing with Heart Soul Human. We're doing these outside now. Remember when we talked honest. about that? We were talking about like buying one of those like Freedom Rover things and just like hooking up a like a little satellite on top of it and just going out and being like in the desert of Utah, like on a mountain top and just like recording podcast episodes. I'd be so happy. My heart's like melting and exploding and very envious all at the same time right now. I, know, I, I almost fucking that. straight up like left medicine to go do that. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> my, my inner like urge of freedom is just like, don't do something for the next 28 years that you can't get out of. <laughs> it's all good. That's my South node energy. It's okay. You're you, you in medicine is what's going to take you to the oath, earth roamer, to the oath roamer, to the oath earth roamer. roamer. I am an oath roamer. <laughs> to oath to earth. <laughs> we are, we are. Yeah. Actually, you know, funny enough on the same level, I had a thought of like, it'd be fun to learn to ride a horse. And that's just like my like freedom loving Sagittarian self wanting are to you, come forward. Are you a Sagittarius? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. My North node Sagittarius. Yeah. So oh my like, God, this is the first time we've talked about like our astrology on this podcast. Yeah. We're officially basic. Let's do it. Yeah, we're yeah. basic bitch. We're talking about deep level astrology though. We're not talking about our sun sign basic bitch shit. Oh, bro, but are you Vedic? Are you Vedic? Are you Vedic astrology? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck normal astrology is. But yeah, part of like North Node, South Node, uh, North Node Sagittarius, South Node Gemini axis is like North node Sag is like, commit yourself to something long-term, right? So mm-hmm. my South node energy is like, like bounce around, say, fuck this, go do a bunch of like free, like free spontaneous type shit, um, which is like an urge that I get. It was like something actually, you know, in my younger life was like, really, I would like lament that I couldn't commit to things for a very long time. And it makes sense. Cause like now I'm in something that's like, one of the most deeply committed things that you could imagine doing with your life, like Mm -hmm. investing hundreds of thousands of dollars into like a decade long education and, you know, committing yourself to like one thing for a really long time. And it's like, as I get older and further on my path towards my North node, like how those energies start to like fall off. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so interesting? It's cool. It's really, it's, it's so interesting that like, how accurate some of the shit is. I used to be like, astrology is gay. And I'm like, this shit is really <laughs> cool. All about it. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. <Hyping> it up. <laughs> yeah, it's just so interesting to see how it all falls into place and like the ways we see and understand our lives. Mm-hmm. You can see it through the outline of your astrology. You can see it through the outline of whatever human design or whatever it is. And when I, you know, talk to people, astrology has been coming up more and more. When I talk about their soul plans, you can see it, how it's all just in completely alignment. And even for you, dude, we were just talking about your chakras, right? Like very, very big upper crown energy, very, very big lower root chakra. Mm -hmm. And that aligns in, right? You're supposed to root in and really be in this for the long term. At the same time, you're supposed to be on your own divine path and there's flow in that. And there's Mm -hmm. the way that things that will evolve naturally along your progression. Yeah. Doing things like doing a profession that is so deeply just like root, kind of focused and solar plexus focused while also like needing to be needing to pull down like spiritual knowledge and like spiritual energy for people's healing and stuff like that. Yeah. It's an interesting design. Yeah. Yeah. What a tripski, you know, and the funny thing too, is this is of course, what was coming out of your mouth. It's exactly 
the topic of the day too. Because I was going to just hype you up over how amazing you are and how great you've been with your discipline and commitment and integration. And that's just this kickoff of the subject of the day. Oh, shit. Yeah, Neil was like, I want to talk about this today and I want to hype you up. And I'm like, I have no qualms with that. (laughs) (laughs) No issue. My narcissist is like, oh, pour some sugar on me in the name of Neil. (laughs) (laughs) Pour some sugar on me in the name of Neil. Neil. (laughs) So I used to work at a coffee shop called Phil's. For those of you who live in California, like you'll, you'll know it. Um, and we, it was like, we would have these days where it would be all of the dudes working and it would just, we would just be like such bromance energy. We we're like, oh my God. And pour some sugar on me came on the, the radio. I was like, can you imagine if we were all in like tight white t-shirts and like covered in water and we were just throwing sugar at each other to this song. And then it zooms out and it's just a line that goes out the door and they're like, fucking make our coffees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how they do the, you may not, but there's a thing that exists where there's like bikini coffee shops. This should oh, be the yeah. exact opposite. And it's but just dudes. dudes like just, yeah. just ripped dudes making coffee. Actually, not just like eighties rock. And you're just like doing your thing. It's like it's hip thrust coffee is what we'll call it. Hip thrust coffee. Yeah. Dude, I could see that because like it's you could have all different. I mean, there's like so many different attraction is just such a broad concept. I mean, you could have like a ripped dude in tight jeans who are shirtless, or like, you know, a dude with like a dad bod wearing like a flannel shirt and just like you know, all sorts. You could have like more emo punk looking dude who's like 130 pounds soaking wet and has side bangs and fucking lip piercings. And some people find that shit attractive, and it's just like is it somebody something for everybody you know what that's exactly what it'll be it'll be a little bit of everything although mm-hmm. i just thoroughly very much enjoyed the picture of just bearded dad burly boys mm-hmm. and hip thrusting their way through making people coffee <laughs> <laughs> and i'm about some, it <laughs> just some dude with fucking ropey muscled hairy forearms just fucking stirring up the sugar in your coffee and you're just like damn that's a man <laughs> Welcome to Heart, Soul, Human, and Every Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new iteration of the podcast. Welcome. <laughs> uh, where sexuality is questionable and spirituality is is the key. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so we so we took a little pause, and we got like we got off track again. But we think it's actually something that's kind of cool to talk about. So Neil, what, what was like that little knowledge bomb you just dropped on me? Oh, that I was on TikTok and I saw some crazy stuff. Neil on TikTok, big surprise. (laughs) Neil is on TikTok too, so find Soul Neil. Um, (laughs) Shameless plug. It was, there was a video from this Native American individual, and they're talking about uh, a majority of Native cultures where they, there was just four gender identities. There's masculine, Mm -hmm. there's feminine, and then they're basically different dynamics of both. And it's yeah. very fluid and it's embraced fully, fully. It's a divine, celebrated, beautiful thing. Yeah. I've heard similar things about this and it's kind of like, uh, I mean, we've broken it down to duality in like the Western culture, but it's like basically sliding scale, the sliding scale of like masculine and feminine and how they overlap with each other. And like, there are more like, like feminine type men that are considered more of like the spiritual keepers and the societies and things like that. So it was very interesting, but yeah. we were kind of talking about like, moving towards a genderless civilization, you know? Um, Or what would happen if civilization had started and remained genderless without labels and just allowed everything to be fluid? Yeah. You know, we have seen the same thing. Cause I, cause I think about that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, you and I both love like 
evolutionary cognitive science and evolutionary neuroscience. We love like, you know, talking about anthropology and not this, not the store, but like anthropology, anthropology, the study of anthropology and stuff like that. But, you know, I think that uh, like with many of these things, history, anthropology, evolution, medicine, they all need to come with like an understanding of the soul and like the soul's requirements for progress. Otherwise, like it's, it's um like a glass without liquid in it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, an empty understanding of something. Like you can look at the structure, but you can't really understand the why unless you understand the soul's purpose in it. And I feel like masculine, feminine dynamics, um, you know, male and female genders or like four genders or just gender in general, mm -hmm. uh, gender in general is like, all of these are dynamics through which the soul can, can take a more individuated understanding of itself and in incarnation and kind of learn from other people and other perspectives, right. Other different, filters through which a world is seen. Cause if you're somebody who identifies as highly masculine or somebody who identifies as highly feminine, the, like the, the kind of the colored glasses you see the world through are different. The things that you, that your awareness focuses on are different than somebody who might be very feminine. And so this is random. There's a random fact I'd heard on a podcast once years ago, that's coming to mind right now. And it was around the idea that not for all, but it's a common piece where older souls and those who are very deeply along in their spiritual path, many of them will be more non-binary. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the evolution of the soul that it's been masculine, it's been feminine, it's been through all these different experiences. And there's just a integration and there's a love of both that come from. Yeah. You know, I've, I've thought of stuff like that. Like, you know, for example, I mean, there, there's like, there are theories out there about like um, homosexuality being born out of like, you know, kind of younger to middle age, you know, mid middle incarnative souls that, you know, normally incarnate with one type of gender or one type of not gender, but like sex, like uh, sexed body, and then try out a, an incarnation and in like another type of body and like those types of things. And like what you're right. talking about being more like non-binary as it ages. And I don't like, I, I kind of agree. I think that there's like an older soul would have an easier time with that, but I think it's more so kind of on like a very basic or very fundamental level. Cause that's kind of like the, right. um, the, these, the outermost reaches of it would be just kind of like a blurring or a blending of their masculine and feminine qualities and like not really having much of an aversion to embodying one energy over the other. Mm -hmm. it, there's an embrace yeah. of both. And there's, it's not necessary to be one or the other, hold one or the exactly. other. Exactly. Like, I mean, you and I both identify as like, you know, if you, if you wanted to break it down into the, and like to the modern vernacular of it, we'd be like cis straight males. Right. But, um, but like, I think you and I both understand that, like, even though we're, you know, largely like heterosexual, that like sexuality is very fluid. Right. And there's like, right. You know, <laughs> I'm about to, I'm about to get very like personal here, but like, for example, like, I'm attracted to men, but I could never really kiss a man. Like I, I couldn't have like a sexual relationship with a man, but I'm attracted to men. I find them like very physically and, you know, I would even say sexually attractive, but like I couldn't do anything with them. And I've like really explored that. Is it because of my cultural like right. programming that I couldn't do that? And I really don't think that it is. Um, or is it your own internal piece? Like aversions of it. Yeah. You know, I've really, and I've really yeah. explored that. Right. Cause like, as you know, when we commit ourselves to soul growth, we explore like everything that comes up that we find even remotely interesting. So I forgot exactly where I was going with this, but just the idea that like we understand, we understand ourselves as both like 
sexually gender wise and kind of like energetic dynamically fluid with all of these different things and not really scared to embody any of them agree with you fully brother um and i'm with you on that like i think certain for me the dudes that i find attractive are very just like ruggedly masculine. Mm. That's the Jason Momoa's of the world. <laughs> like that's what lights my fire. Um, could I do anything or would I want to? No, I've, I've given it consideration and I've felt into it. And it's just like that. There's no sexual attraction. There's no physical mm. attraction, but like I admi- I can admire these men and say that they're gorgeous mm-hmm. dudes. But <laughs> as a more funny thing, um, for you and I, we've talked about this too and how we know in past lives, we, we have rocked the goddess oh, life for sure <laughs> that would like oh, major sure. we've been full-on goddess mode <laughs> for fucking sure and that comes through a lot of the time like i think uh, you and i both like to be like a little bit more like flamboyant and theatrical sometimes yeah mm-hmm. yeah right i mean then that's that's been part of our own journeys as well too is embracing that side of us embracing our feminine and then what's happened when we've done that i've said this so mm-hmm. many times our masculine deepens and become more fully ourselves yeah. and a lot of those more fully human the internal stories just melt away yeah and we become more fully human yeah which is the whole point of what we're doing here <laughs> yeah. yeah it is it's the whole damn point of what we're doing here <laughs> you've been loving that voice <laughs> i am it had to come out it wanted to come out right there. <laughs> but so for me one of the things that i've been really stepping into is has been a deeper level of my masculine and i've talked to you about this where i'm you know, getting ready to, something wants to be created for men through me. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of men's work. I don't know what it is. So I'm not going to put a label on it right now. But what brought this up was this morning I was reading, you know, our homie, Traver Bohm, his book, Man and Civilized. And I was just really resonating and thinking about some of his concepts and what he's speaking to. And I was thinking about discipline, right? Discipline to ourselves and discipline to something greater. And you came to mind. And that's mm-hmm. where we were talking about what we're talking about in this episode is i was really wanting to celebrate you and your mask and i had to let you know that because you are one of the people that can really a see what's going on in your world acknowledge it be with it and begin to address it Mm. and i think that you your ability to integrate a shift is very 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 profound in a way that is difficult for so many of us. Mm. And it hasn't always been that way too. That's something that, you know, I've always both have struggled with along the way as well. But I really wanted to highlight that because I think that's such an important piece of like, we can do so much healing work and we can have all these activations and releases. And, you know, we have these understandings, these shifts, and then what do we do with it there? Mm. And you've done that so very well. Thank you, man. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's interesting because we talked about this a little bit yesterday with regards to like, triggers around the concept of victimhood and like being in victim energy and all that kind of stuff. And this, this is probably, I'm going to fucking bring it back to astrology. I can't, I can't stop. For <laughs> we are, reason. we are those guys now. <laughs> I fucking can't stop. This is, this is unfortunate, but like, I, but like I'm a Capricorn, you know, I think, I think it's sun sign is your normal like Zodiac sign, but like I'm a Capricorn and I have literally like eight celestial bodies in Capricorn. So like, just doing work and like just doing the thing is like very, very much like in my, in my aura, it's like very in my energy. And so I kind of have this, like, it's far more gentle with me nowadays than it is, than it has been in the past. But right. I have this like uh, almost aggressive voice inside of me 
that goes like, if you're not going to do anything with this information, what the fuck are you even doing? Like, it's like a very aggressive, like masculine voice inside of me that goes like, well, if you can't do anything, then why are you even like bothering? Um, and it's this part of me that just like really pushes me. And like, I will say that where it's at right now is still probably not in a healthy articulation, but it's definitely like this inner voice that like makes sure that I just do the thing. Cause like the way that I see it, um, the, you know, last year there were many things when I was still kind of trying to figure out my intuition and you were really helping me and kind of like lending me your intuition, you would kind of be like, you know, this kind of feels right for you. And I would just do it. Um, because the way I saw it was like, well, I don't like where I'm at now and it's not just going to change on its own. So I have to go actually do the thing. I have to like shift the energy and move it myself. Um, and that's just always the way I felt. I'm like, you know, this is going to be here until I do it. And the longer I wait, the more daunting it's going to seem. So I might as well just rip the fucking bandaid off and do the thing. Right. So that's kind of how it feels to me. Yeah. And totally just blanked out there. Just had a full on moment. <laughs> <laughs> full on moment. That's the human side of heart, soul, human. Um, yeah, man. I mean, what I'll say too is I can feel when someone is like overly pushing, right? They're pushing from a place of lack and deficit. And I never really mm -hmm. felt that way for you. Mm -hmm. You worked and you pushed hard, but it was always in alignment with where it was supposed to be at that mm -hmm. point. And now that I think you've reached this point, there's also more of a dance where time's like, okay, we can push and sometimes we don't need to. And that's one of the things I was thinking about the subject is like, there's times when we really are trying to get committed to something, to hold consistency and actions and discipline and commitment and devotion. Mm -hmm. But it isn't always the right time, right? There's like, sometimes we're just supposed to start this thing and set the intention to work on it. And then it just slips away. But yeah. it's the consistency in that pattern over time and showing up and choosing to do it again that really creates actions. Because that's something we had both, you know, felt last year. There was times where we wanted to make shifts and take aligned actions on something and kind of just fell on our face a few times. But mm -hmm. it, we kept doing it and showing up. And eventually, you know, things worked out. It was the right time. There was probably astrological stuff there. <laughs> and came out the other side. You, you know, when you were when you were giving, when you were like kind of uh breaking that down. I don't know if I have no words right now. When you were breaking that down, the image that I got in my mind was like, so it's kind of the, it's the idea. It's like, okay, well I've developed this discipline and now I want to like use it. And we want to like exert our willpower so forcefully on the universe that like, we think that we know better than the universe when things are supposed to happen. But part of this process is like learning how to be in the slipstream of the energy of your soul path. And then like exerting your energy where it's necessary. And so the image that I got was like, <laughs> you, if you have a kayak, we're talking about kayaking, if you have a kayak on the shore and you're fucking just rowing your ass off, like you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to go like five inches. But yeah. if you, if you wait until you get the, and you wait until you get the kayak into the water and you follow the stream, then like you utilize your musculature and your willpower to like steer the kayak within that stream that, that, is being given to you. Right. So it's about learning how to feel the flow of your life and the, yeah, just the flow of your life. And then, you know, use utilizing your discipline where necessary, rather than trying to like pull yourself up by your fucking bootstraps and build this life out of nothing, you know? Yeah. And there's times where we're supposed to really pull ourselves out of bootstraps out of our bootstraps. And then but it should be clear. It's almost like you just move into the flow, right? Like, 
it's almost like spirit or energy will do that for you. What I'm really thinking of right now is sometimes we have those like crazy activations. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this, right? We had like the activations into our deep primal masculine. Mm-hmm. And you and I are both just wanting to like roar and bark at the world. Yeah. And then all these masculine things were happening outside it. Discipline was there, cultivation of this deeper energy or power, grounding, like these things started just to happen. And there's times when we have this shift and we just get taken through something. And then there's times where we have, we know we need to make a shift. We have an awareness and then it's up to do us to do it. But then there's also the meet in the middle, right? It's like, there's times when the spirit will set things in your place mm-hmm. and then it's up to you to do something with this. Yeah. And that's it's all the interesting. path. Because you you will be in those times, you will be working hard, but it doesn't feel the same as like when you, it doesn't feel like grinding. Like you're working hard, you're putting in long hours, you're putting in a lot of mental and emotional energy. Right. But it's not so like the example I guess I'll give would be um I don't want to do this. Like maybe, maybe it would be like trying to create an opportunity to like network with somebody and like create something with them. Um, if you're like, oh, I, I I know I'm supposed to work with this person and like create a program with them or like create a blah, blah, blah with them, an event with them. And it's not time to connect with them. Like you're not doing yourself any service by like trying to orchestrate ways to bump into them at events or like trying to email them five fucking times or call them and reach out to their, uh, you know, their you're assistant. You're going to annoy them and they're just never going to talk to you again. <laughs> you're going to annoy them. Yeah. You're going right. to burn bridges and you're going to like make yourself feel inadequate and feel like shit because all you're doing is you're not listening to your intuition that's saying like, this isn't the right time. But then you go online, you fucking listen to Gary Vee. who's like, fucking make it happen. And you're just like, <laughs> or can I just fucking like take a second to like listen to my inner guidance and like utilize my energy appropriately? Because I mean, now like working right. in the clinics and the hospitals, I'm still, I'm working like whatever, between like 40, 45 hours a week in the clinic. And then afterwards I go home and I study and like all that kind of stuff. And I'm reading articles and I'm doing flashcards and I'm watching videos. I'm working probably like anywhere between 50 and 60 hours a week, but it's in flow, right? It's, it's Mm -hmm. the path is supporting me in that regard. I have like, (laughs) I have a set of patients every day. So I know what I need to do for those patients. I have like, you know, topics that I want to discuss with my attendings. So I go research those topics and then I do that. I'm not sitting here like mind fucking myself thinking, well, I need to know everything, but I don't know where to start. It's like, no, I have steps that are right in front of me and I do those steps and that is enough. <laughs> like that is enough. That is plenty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't need to know the whole path. I just need to know what's in front of me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, are you like egoically pushing or are you taking the aligned action? Right. Cause there's that is what you're saying is like, you can either grind and that's not aligned. So it's going to make things more difficult or you can take the actions that are meant to be in this moment and yeah. commit to that instead. I'm, I'm going to do like a little thing here. And I hope, I, I wonder if people pick up on the energy difference in this, in these types of things, Let's do it. there's a difference between going, I know what's best and going, this is right for me. Those are yeah. different things, right? You feel where they're coming from. One of them is like, I'm the ego. I know what's best. I need to do this. Like this is the formula. This is, yeah, exactly. This is the formula. Why don't I have what I want? It's because I'm not working hard enough. Like that kind of fucking bullshit. (laughs) And I'm, I'm, I'm having an adverse reaction to it because like I've done it so much. This is not an admonishment of anybody listening to this podcast, but we both done it. (laughs) This is about me and about you and all these different things versus like, I know what's right. I know what I need to do. The next step is very clear in front of me. And all, and my only job 
is to do as best as I can on that thing. That's a, that doesn't mean that I have to achieve some certain standard that I've outlined for myself. I just need to do my best and trust that that's enough. Right. And I think that's a big piece, right? You're, it's like, you know, to zoom out of that, we're looking for resistance or flow. Mm-hmm. Where are you meeting resistance in your life and where are you supposed to surrender to that and find a flow somewhere else? There, mm-hmm. there, you're going to find one or the other. But a really powerful piece that you brought up too was just the commitment to that one thing. I was thinking, right, we have, I mean, the process of this, right? I have a an awareness and I feel into it. I start to find that there's things to see, to address, to look at, and then it's time to make a shift. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do we do that? And I think that that how is one of the big missing pieces for us, especially within the spiritual community, because it, it is a bit more directive. It is a bit more finite and it is a bit more, I'll say, quote unquote, masculine, um, where we don't know what action to take or how to integrate it. Mm-hmm. And it ends up being this cluster of like, oh, I'll do this or that or this or that and try this, this and that. Whereas I think if you can really hone into what it is that you need to focus on that is in alignment, that is in flow, and you just make that commitment to that one thing or that one action, how much more will you receive back and how much more impact is created from that rather than your you know, arrows going in a million different directions or a million different directions yeah. against the wind? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you were saying like, you know, sometimes we don't know how to integrate things. Sometimes we don't know what to do next. Um, what came up for me or what came up, you know, kind of in my, in my inner guidance system was just the idea that we, we think that we don't know how to integrate something because we want to put a timeline on what the integration is, when the integration is supposed to be done. It's like, oh, well, I, I got this, you know, this sentence from my guides that is like a very succinct version of the lesson that I'm supposed to learn. I should have it fucking figured out by next week. And, And so we think that we need to like go about all these actions that we think look like we try and play pretend like we try and and play like we understand what that lesson actually means when it's embodied and like do the actions that look embodied but that's not it right like what you need to do and i think this is if you take one thing away from this podcast it's this listen when you get a lesson and you know what type of energy you're supposed to embody listen to your life your life will put opportunities in front of you be they interactions or workplace dramas or new job opportunities or things in your relationship to your partner or your family or whatever, your job isn't to play pretend like you know what to do. Your job is to think about that situation from the context of the lesson and just allow your subconscious to chew on it. Go like if your lesson is... um to embody more, to, to hold more space for people um, instead of trying to like press your opinions on people. Then like when somebody is complaining to you about something going on in their life and it feels draining to you, instead of like telling them what they need to do to fix it, take a step back and think about like, what would it look like for me? Or what would it feel like for me to hold space for this person? And sometimes you realize that like being quiet is what that is, right? So if you're going to take one thing away from this podcast, it's when you kind of understand what the lesson is that you're working through and the the thing that you need to integrate, whether you learned it from meditation or Akashic record session or a psycho psychedelic trip or whatever, place, place the lesson or place the events of your life in the context of that lesson and see what pieces of information come out of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, the phrase that I'm getting is read your life. Like the way we would just read yeah. a book or get a reading. All right. It's time to sit down, zoom out mm-hmm. and take a large look at your life. Now, what does this thing, this awareness that's come through, how is that showing up in your life right now? Yeah. Okay. Right. You can iron out and see these certain things and how you show up in these situations now. Okay. What is it? like to be in alignment within those situations, what happens differently. And then there's your single commitment that you do. Mm. Yeah. I think it's like uh, if you were reading a book in high school or in college or whatever for an English or a literature class, and you could like, for example, read the Scarlet letter or Fahrenheit 451 or like night, you know, George Orwell's 1984 and just read it on your own and enjoy the book. You know, if it's, if it's one of the good ones, but like you could read that on your own. But if your teacher is like, here are the three themes that I want you to focus on in the book. And then you read the book from that lens where you're like, oh, I'm looking at like George Orwell's commentary on like postmodern society and like the effects of media on the way that we approach uh, society and like in like how we engage in the marketplace. And then you're reading the book from that standpoint, you're seeing a bunch of kind of economic, sociopolitical lessons come out of the book versus if you read it from... I don't know, a more like emotional dynamic standpoint, you'll see like you'll engage more with the relationships in the book rather than like kind of the overarching commentary of the book. And you read a whole different book, even though the words are the same. I'm just seeing like a crossword puzzle that is your life. And then you're just going through and just scoping out, trying to find these different things and where it all fits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it, man, right? You're fine. There's a theme. And then you're looking to see where that exists Mm -hmm. already. And then from that point, right, it can be addressed. But I think, you know, zooming out too, right? Like sometimes maybe it's not even about addressing it, right? If you're in this certain part, Mm. certain phase where it's like, you're supposed to see this thing and it's just not really quite time to do something about it. The most important thing you can do maybe just to have a conscious awareness of it and just start to see it in yourself more and see it in your life more. And then when it hits the right time, all right, cool. It is time to do something about it. I'm ready. And you almost can feel that there's like an internal fire for it. You start to look for it and it just starts to happen. And spirit sets things in your path for you to be able to see it yeah. and address it. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Like we, <laughs> it's like uh, kind of what you're talking about is elevating your faith or elevating your trust in your guidance, like elevating your trust mm-hmm. in your life's path and be like, you know, I don't have to always do something about it. Sometimes the awareness is the doing. Um, we talked about this on on last week's episode which was uh, the idea that pure awareness or pure consciousness kind of dissolves things that are not in alignment to its path or not in alignment to truth, right? Like the truth of your soul. So like just turning pure awareness to something. And when I say pure awareness, I mean detaching your belief system from the thoughts and emotions that arise out of observing something. So for example, if... uh, if I get into a, like, not a verbal altercation, but like, for example, if, if uh, my boss loses his or her temper and it has nothing to do with me, but they're losing their temper and they're like talking to me in like a, a condescending tone, turning my pure awareness on the emotion mm-hmm. that I'm feeling or turning my pure awareness on like the, the type of response that my body wants to have to it and not believing the thoughts of like, I should retaliate with this type of thing, or I should say that, or this is the reason why she's acting this way, or he's acting this way. Um, And just like watching it purely. And it starts to like dissolve 
it starts to dissolve the patterns that are holding on to that energy and it frees up that energy to go into something else in your life be it like just straight into your just injected straight into your aura to make you greater at like magnetizing things to you or at healing people or whatever it might be or it goes and invests itself into another pattern in your life that is like that is in need of energy right be it self con yeah. self confidence or um patience right things like that yeah, there's love or it's, I mean, to that same idea is you're, we're moving beyond that and we're doing that through just consciousness and awareness. Like you almost see is like, all right, this thing comes up and it's just important for you to bring consciousness to it, to start to see it. And the more and more you're able to do that with a phrase I'm getting is I am not this, mm-hmm. right? So whatever this thing is, um, you're not, you get to see it and see how that plays out in your life and how you're doing these things. But are you actually that? Truly, fully, deeply? No. So what are you instead? And then that's what you begin to fill those spaces with. Yeah. And the aligned actions to that. Yeah, there are it's becoming more than that thing. There are two different paths to that. And I think Ramdas talks about this in a, in a few of his talks, but it's the path of I am not that and the path of I am that. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can I go am, like yeah. I am that as well. And I am this. Mm-hmm. I am all the good parts of me and I am all the bad parts of me and I'm all the evil that I see in the world and I'm all the good that I see in the world and I'm the stars above me and the dirt beneath me. And I am, I am, I am until you are the universe or there's the, I am not until you've disidentified with everything material, everything physical, everything that exists as an emotion or a thought until you're the thing that exists beyond them. Right. So there's two different ways to get to the exact same thing. Yeah. And this is one of the things where it's just like, okay, where are you? Like, what, how do you need to see this and address this? I am not this. And then you get to create space and separation for it. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point you're ready to see that and acknowledge it. And there's a surrender to that and a release of it, or it's the other side of it, right? I am this, and there's a surrender to that. And that gives you the freedom mm-hmm. to move beyond it ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a very intentional way of doing it because I think that we often like reject our responses to things, we reject our emotions, we reject uh, ourselves, we reject the way that we want right. to be, but we do it in a way that's unconscious and therefore like holds it in the configuration that it's already in, right? Instead of going, you know, I am not my anger right? This anger is an expression of my wounding or it's an expression mm-hmm. of my fear of being out of control or whatever it might be. And then it's then, also an expression of the other side of that and that greatness, right? It is, it's, an, it's an expression of like my, of my inner being in my, my inner, inner desire for justice, right? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. And it expresses yeah. as anger because it's in an immature form. Mm-hmm. You could do that, or you could be like, I am also my anger and it's okay that it's a part of me. Like if, if I understand that within me at my very core essence, I am love. Then when I am something else, that thing gets injected with that love and subsumed in it and like changed by it. I am, I am this anger, mm-hmm. you know, I am this fear. I am this, this pride. I'm also this generosity. I'm this this compassion, I'm this pity, I'm all of these things, right? Yeah. And we right. and we, it's a non-judgmental way as you acknowledge that. It's not like I am this and you just can get more and more pissed off at yeah. it. Right. It's Once like again, it's, it's a loving acknowledgement. Okay, I am this. And I am also this. Yeah. I'll yeah, do the right? voice I am all again, things. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'll do yeah. the voicing again where it's like uh, do you know who I am versus and I am also this. 
right? It's once again, like the, you can feel where those two different <laughs> things come from within your being. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point it turns into this grounded wholeness and it's, you know, who I am. And that's the acknowledgement and validation of who you truly are. Mm-hmm. It's almost like what happens at the end of that. And then you go through a whole nother journey. <laughs> yeah. There's a, God, there's a story that I heard. It was, it was Ram Dass again. It was, it was during one of his talks. <laughs> of yeah. course it was. And he was talking about, um, I forgot which war it was, but it was, uh, it was, it was one of the, it was one of the engagements in like the Asiatic continent. And basically there was this kind of a warlord who was just known for his brutality and he would go, from village to village, just kind of killing and torturing people in the gruesome ways. And he gets to this village and all of the monks flee to the mountains, except for one. And all the people are like bowing before him and just kind of, you know, submitting to him. And one of his, uh, you know, one of his lieutenants or, you know, not his actual rank, but like one of his lieutenants, so to speak, comes to him and says like, yeah, there's still a monk left at the monastery. And he just becomes furious and he, you know, busts open the gates of the monastery and the monk is standing in the middle of the courtyard and he marches up to the monk and goes, do you know who I am? I could, I could pull my sword from its sheath and run it through your guts and not blink an eye. And the monk goes, do you know who I am? You, you could run your sword through my guts yes. and I could not blink an eye, right? It's that, yep. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. those different things. Yeah. It's just the image that I get too. is like just the image of God showing up saying, do you know who I am? Right. There's no egoic sense there. There's no trying or anything. It's just a honest expression and comes from an embodied place of truth. Do you know who I am? Right. I'm, I'm Zach, I'm Neil. And it's the full ownership of yourself along the way, as you say that. God, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting that you said it that way, because before I told the story, I was thinking about it like, the do you know who I am isn't necessarily always something that you say to other people. It's kind of this, this soft, quiet voice that you hear in the back of your mind when you're in some of your darkest moments. Like you might be in the throes of heartbreak or depression or, you know, suicidal ideation or whatever it might be. And then you just hear this soft but strong voice of like, do you know who I am? And it just like shatters your conception of this whole story that you thought that was holding you in this suffering and like all of it right. shatters like glass around you. Uh, I'm getting like a little mini story of that. Like you're sitting in that moment, right? Curled up mm-hmm. in just the dark night of the soul. And you're in that emotion and the emotion comes up and you feel it, right? It's that like clinching moment or everything is just like at its reckoning. Mm-hmm. And it says to you, do you know who I am in this grounded way, in this calm way, this deep way, very powerful way? I am your pain. Do you know who I am? I am you. Do you know who I am? I am your heart. I'm your love. I'm your power. Do you know who I am? I am eternal. Yeah. And this suffering is not. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the moment right there. We're both just looking at each other like, yeah. Yeah, we just gaze deeply yeah. into each other's eyes right there. Like, I don't know what to say. And that was some moments. like powerful shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, well, uh, you know, know it's interesting. I know who you are. <laughs> what that felt like was like, because if you think about it, you know, we all are of the same thing. Like, you know, the guides call it the Christ or the monad. It's that 
it's that piece of you that is always with and of source. It's that thing that is the same in all of us. And I feel like as we were both doing that, like, and we looked at each other's eyes, like it was that thing talking to itself. Yeah. And we were just like, holy fuck. And you and I were both just kind of observing it as it was happening. We were just, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. (laughs) We're like normal Neil and Zach here, but also at the same time, we're just in God mode and it's coming out. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, that like that aspect of us was, or that aspect within all of us, which is kind of coming out and recognizing itself in, in us. The full expression. And that's what it is, right? Like we, we're learning to find our full expression of the divine in us. And that's Mm -hmm. the primal. That is the divine. That is the dark, the light. And all things as us and through that is love and yourself and your truth mm-hmm. i'm out of words now <laughs> yeah i have nothing anymore yeah um i think i'm gonna go into the records let's do it all right so what the gods are saying is that we have come here to speak today about you and what you are and what you are not What you are is everything, and what you are not is nothing. You are all things and no things simultaneously. We ask you not to try and figure this out with your rational minds, but to feel the vibration of this truth in your body, to allow it to wash over your brain, your beautiful brain, and to allow your heart to take the reins, to allow your heart to lead. Zach, you may speak this as yourself. So what they show me is um, <laughs> the brain and its judgments of the heart, right? We think that we we think that we know what's best. We think that we can protect ourselves and we can protect the people around us by shielding our hearts. We think that our heart is foolish in some ways, that we give too much, that we fall in love too easily that that we're weak because of our vulnerability, that we're weak because of our softness. And the heart sits quietly and it just keeps beating the whole time as the mind runs through these thoughts. But when the mind finds itself in darkness, when the mind doesn't know what to do, the heart starts to glow softly with a silent confidence. And it keeps doing the same thing that it's always done which is that it keeps beating and it keeps loving and it knows. And in that moment, the mind knows (laughs) the mind sees within the heart. This is very hard to describe, but the mind sees within the heart, this quiet confidence. And it goes like, I feel so fucking foolish for having judged the heart. I feel so foolish for having thought that I knew more than the heart, that I was greater than the heart. The heart is the only reason that I have the privilege to continue thinking. It's the thing that holds me up. It's the thing that keeps me moving. And it beats in rhythm with the universe. And this is interesting. I don't know how this fits in, but I'm going to just keep saying it because it's what's coming up in the records. But like they're showing me um, when the heart beats out of rhythm, you know, we call these arrhythmias in medicine. And this is because of a, a misalignment in the aura, right? This is this is due to discordant energies, discoherent energies within the aura, um, or in alignment to an energy that is not coherent, that is not smooth. The heart knows. The heart knows what we need, and when we we don't listen to it. 
when we ignore it enough times, it can become sick because it needs to be used and it needs to be connected to your soul. And so I'm hearing now that we are to breathe into our hearts. And you can imagine that the energy of your breath runs through your blood vessels into, your, into the chambers of your heart as it beats through your lungs and back into the other side of your heart and then beats again through your system into your brain, into your abdomen, into your legs, into your arms and your hands and your feet. And you can feel this you-ness, this identity flow through you. It's almost like you can feel your heart knowing who you are and distributing this knowing throughout your body. Not just to your brain, right? Not just to your brain's understanding of who you are, because who you are is far greater than your brain could understand, but to your body as well, to this knowing of your body. And they're once again asking that we teach that we teach embodied mastery, that we teach how to listen to our emotions and to our internal navigation system. And they speak now of claircognizance, or not claircognizance, of clairsentience, yes, of clairsentience, of the knowledge of the body and its internal guidance system. And the guides are saying that your emotions are, are a lighthouse. They are a, almost like a, a database or a storage bank of who you are, the very energy of your soul is what populates the atoms of your body and holds within it the information of what you are. So when something angers you, when something upsets you, when something puts you into fear, when something brings you into an energy that lowers your vitality, that is the knowing of who you are. That is your soul saying, this is out of alignment to truth. When you feel something that gives you energy, that makes your chest lift up, that makes your chin lift up, that gives you vitality, that is your soul acknowledging truth. And so they're saying for those of us, some of us can go inward and figure out who we are just by turning our gaze inward, but some of us need to figure out who we are by seeing the world around us and how we engage with it. That is the beauty of being in a human experience. Some of us get to learn how to go inward. Some of us get to learn how to go outward. And we have ample opportunity to see our reflection in the world in front of us. So feel the way that your body reacts to the world around you. Feel the way your body reacts to your relationships. Does this person make you feel good about yourself? Or does this person make you walk away feeling drained? Does your job make you feel drained? Not is it hard, but does it make you feel emotionally drained? Does it make you question what your purpose is? Do the people in your life take from you in some ways? And this could even be family members. And so what the guides are inviting us to do is to pay less heed to these mental stories and pay more attention to our heart's understanding of what we are and the energetic dynamics. And they say that as you do this, you will begin to be able to feel 
these different energies. You know, earlier in the podcast, Zach talked about being able to feel the slipstreams of energy of your soul path. And he likened it to going into a river with a kayak. And some of you were thinking, but how do I even feel those slipstreams? I feel so disconnected from my inner guidance. This is the first step. There's a reason that we have Zach talk about emotions so fucking much. There is a reason that we have him harp on these techniques so much. It is learning the body's understanding of energy. Your emotions, yes, although they are sometimes stored energy within the body from trauma and from karma, yes, these energies that permeate through the DNA into the cellular structure and the vibration gets held in the, the molecules of the cells. Oftentimes, the energies and the emotions, or the emotions rather, are energies that flow through the universe that we perceive in our bodies. And through understanding even the subtlest shifts and changes in your emotions, you begin to understand how to work with the flows of the energy in the universe, how to align yourself to the power of the celestial bodies, how to align yourself to the guidance of your guides, of us, of the angels, of God's plan for you, of your soul's plan for you, how to align yourself to the energies of nature and what is being called to you and who is calling to you. As you get more in touch with your emotions, you begin to see that your spiritual gifts awaken. There are those of you who wish to skip feeling like shit there are those of you who wish to skip the hard inner work, but we say that the hard inner work is necessary to unlock your gifts. If we gave you your gifts right away, you would continue to ignore the real work of being on this planet, the real work of your soul growth. These gifts are tools for your enlightenment. They are not enlightenment. But you will begin to understand that as you feel the energy of your body, as you feel your emotions, it does not make you weaker. It makes you more sensitive. And part of being more sensitive, yes, is actually being more emotionally sensitive to the world around you, to your interactions, and to your relationship to others in the world. But the sensitivity is also sensitivity to all forms of energy that exist in the cosmos. You will begin to see more synchronicity in your life. And this is because you are in alignment to the coherent flows of energy in the universe. You are no longer fighting against these attractor patterns that are created by beings whose power you cannot even fathom. You are now in alignment to them. You are part of the great whole. You are accepting yourself as part of the great whole. You are not listening to fear and its instruction of separation. You are integrating yourself into something greater. Many of you desire to have great power and you don't understand that great power comes from the universe. You push the universe away and you say you want great power over it, when in fact the great power exists within the flow of the universe. Braid your will, align yourself to the designs of the universe, and you will live a life of such profound love and fulfillment, of such profound synchronicity, awe, and wonder that your brain cannot even fathom it. Even Zach, who wishes to explain away everything, who wishes to have a rational answer and understanding of everything, understands that his brain is nothing in the face of this energy. And he allows it to be and is just grateful that his life is touched by it. We invite you to do the same. Know who you are. You are everything. 
what you are not is nothing. Amen. Anything to say right now? Yeah, you and I both hopped off after that, and where we ended up was neither of us has anything to say after that magical, beautiful, divinely channeled, very well spoken message. <laughs> the guides say thank you, <laughs> and then they bonk me on the head because I uh, I still I still overthink the channeling. It's still a little choppy <laughs> in my in my mind, but you know the energy is real, and I hope that you guys were able to like feel that and you know just allow it allow whatever needed to be taken to be taken right. And it's funny that that's how you, that's what you share. Because one of the things I was thinking about at the very beginning of this podcast is when we have shifts and awarenesses, sometimes it's not meant to be an action taken out of it more. So it's just something that gets to be with us Mm. as we move forward and the energy gets taken with us and things naturally begin to shift on their own. Yeah. You know, uh, so we, you and I, I did a reading for you one time and we were basically being, uh, we were basically being trained on like how to work with the energy patterns that like exist in our aura essentially. So what they were showing me was, uh, somebody's aura and within their aura, uh, were runes essentially. Oh yeah. Patterns. Some of them align, some of them look and align like constellations. Um, and (laughs) this is really cool, but like they, they hold the energy of some of these constellations um, and depending on what planet you're on and therefore what angle you're looking at these constellations from, they have different kind of qualities to them. But uh, for the sake of this, essentially what I'm trying to say is that uh, as we, we have different patterns in our aura, some of these are more like malefic patterns and not that they're bad, just that they're uh, discoherent, you know, they're, they're karmic, karmically related. Um, these, these patterns of, uh, of pain and like emotional suffering that we need to work through in our lives. And we have patterns of higher vibrational things like love, joy, friendship, um, different patterns that kind of represent lessons and skills. And so when we get a reading from somebody or we listen to something divinely channeled or our auras interact with somebody who we're supposed to interact with and kind of intertwine energies with, we exchange information kind of like how two bacteria can like form what's called the pili and like exchange genetic information. Like we overlap our auras like Venn diagrams and we exchange uh, these runes or these, you know, these energetic attractor patterns. And so sometimes we'll leave, we'll leave an interaction with somebody who is uh, spiritually gifted or we will leave a, a, a psychic or an Akashic record reading and we will feel dissatisfied in our minds. But what we don't, but what, you know, I have to tell people often or what a lot of people don't really understand or that they learn through experience is that when you get a reading, most of what, most of the benefit of what is occurring is a download of information and attractor patterns into your aura. And these things make their way deeper into your aura and into your body. Um, you know, they, they essentially condense themselves down to the different octaves all the way from the spirit realm down into the physical realm, like the patterns of thought, emotion, and then physicality um, until you fully embody them. And so 
what many of you received from that channeling and even what like Neil and I received from that channeling is not even to be known to us right now. Because what they what they said was, know who you are, you are everything, and know what you are not, you are nothing. And you're going, what the fuck does that mean? That just sounds like a spiritual platitude. That's what I was thinking. Spiritual <laughs> like, jerk off. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this sounds like yeah. nothing, you know, whatever. Like, can you give me something that sounds a little bit more credible, right? <laughs> it's kind of what I was thinking to them. Um, but really what they're telling me in this moment is just that like, although it sounds broad and, and all that stuff, like, you know, we can't speak to a hundred or 200 people at one time and give them all specific information. The specific information of your life is now existing in your field and you need to just give it time to make its way through the different planes of vibration into the density. And eventually it will come up in your thoughts and then it will come up in your emotional body. And then it will eventually make its way into your full physical body so that your reflex response to things is the embodiment of that lesson. And that is part of this integration work. And then it'll make its way into your life. And that is mm -hmm. the circle. That's and it, it all man. finds its flow. That's actually something when you sent me that text earlier that I meant to like talk about on the podcast, but I forgot <laughs> to say that is like sometimes holding a lesson in your thoughts or like holding holding an intention in your thoughts is enough, right? That doesn't mean that you have to act on it, but if you hold an intention in your thoughts, whether it be through, you know, praying about it at night or like setting the attention before you sit down to meditate, or even just thinking about it a couple of times a day, eventually it like actually permeates into your subconscious mind and through your subconscious into your emotions and in your autonomic nervous system into your actual body. So sometimes literally just thinking about something can make you become something, but it takes time. Yeah. It's the integration. Yeah, that's what we were talking about, right? Like yeah. the shifts will happen, the integration will happen, and then things start to change. Mm -hmm. Due time and its process and the way it's supposed to evolve. Yeah. We just get to show up. Hey. -o. So for all you humans, 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 humans. In, in doggo language, all you humans, <laughs> all you gotta do is show up. Show up. And show up and hang out with us. Hey, oh. So, in other words, because you get to show up and hang out with us when you decide to share us, you may win readings with us. So, what we'll say is on the last little bit of this celebration of heart, soul, human guys and gals and all beautiful souls with us, share us to your stories. Leave us reviews. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave a review. And two of you will be selected for a reading with Zachary. Faux free. Faux free. Faux free. So we, we like that. And that's, that's the energy and the integration coming back to you. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Zachy. Want to give him some love? I mean, I think I'm I talked sure about from this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for making this transition with us into heart, soul, human. Um, I hope you guys kind of like the way that this energy is progressing and evolving. I think we do. We do. It was fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us. We love you. And we look forward to seeing you back soon. Heart, Bye. Soul, human. Bye. Bye.